Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. For the next two weeks on Accent of Women, we look at the recent elections in South Korea and what this means for workers in that country. Park Geun-hee served as president of South Korea from 2013 until this year, 2017, following her impeachment and imprisonment on bribery charges. Ms Park was the first woman elected to the position of president in South Korea. She was ultra-conservative, extremely pro-capitalist and vehemently anti-union. In her four-year administration, she unleashed a massive assault on the Korean labour movement. She advanced a pro-privatisation agenda, presided over many arrests of union leaders, and all of this ultimately cemented a working-class movement against her that culminated in her impeachment on the 9th of December 2016. On the 10th of May 2017, in an historic election in South Korea, Moon Jae-in of the Minju Party of Korea was elected. During that campaign, Moon Jae-in made promises of public sector reform, limiting casualisation, promoting workers' rights, and particularly working towards better health and safety protections for workers. These promises were made because of the might and pressure of the Korean labour movement that successfully resisted the privatisation and union-busting moves of Park Geun-hee. But what's required now is for President Moon to fulfil on his promises. The labour movement is hopeful but sceptical and is certainly not resting on its laurels of the success of their organising. To understand the developments in Korea that led to this election result, I speak with three women organisers from key movements in that struggle. Mikyung Ryao is the international officer for the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions, the peak militant labour movement federation in South Korea. Walsan Liam is the international officer of the Korean Public Service and Transport Workers Union. And Jun Ok Hong is a medical practitioner with the NGO SHARPS, which stands for the Supporters for the Health and Rights of People in the Semiconductor Industry. We start the show by remembering Park Geun-hee's attacks on workers and particularly her moves to privatise the railways. Here's Walsan Liam. For the last two administrations, um, so Park Geun-hee and the previous Lee Myung-bak presidency, which was a total of nine years, uh, we have seen an increased attack on uh, workers' rights, on the public sector, on uh, working conditions and on trade unions. And that came to a head. It was actually 2013. There was an attempt to split uh, split up the, the high-speed rail as a step towards privatization. And there was a big railway strike by the KPTU affiliate, which is the Korean Railway Workers Union, uh, at the end of 2013. And in that process of that strike, the leaders of the rail union had been hiding in the the office of the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions, which is our national center. And without a search warrant, the police, like thousands of police, were mobilized to raid that building and try to arrest the leadership of the rail union. Um, so that was this was a huge kind of symbolic moment when the government used state force to 
smash down glass windows and uh, glass doors and and use force and to to enter the building and arrested a whole bunch of members in the process but failed to arrest the the leadership of the rail uh, union at that time and there were also other lots of other office raids of you know different offices of the rail union at that time so that was that was a moment where you could really see the attack on the labor movement growing that continued over the next couple of years, the next big moment was in 2015, the, in the context of the government, the Pakenhe government, um, trying to implement widespread regressive labor reforms, which would have increased precarious work and cut uh, benefits and overtime uh, and uh, extend working hours for workers across the uh, across the economy, there, were, there was a big fight against that in 2015, culminating in November with a mass mobilization, and there was a, a huge attack on that on those protests uh, with water cannons and pepper spray and the like, resulting in the the death of one farmer who was participating, um, Peknamki. And following that, there was a, again a huge crackdown on the trade union movement. Uh, for the KP2R office was raided twice in the next peri- that next period. Uh, other the KC2 office was raided again as well as other affiliates of the KC2 and a whole bunch of our of our leaders and members were arrested at that time. Um, and so that was that was going into 2016. Um, but we kept mobilizing and including to continue to fight back against this attempt towards privatization and generally the. Uh, the liberalization of the public sector. And so we had another big rail strike in 2016, along with a whole bunch of other public sector, um, uh, other affiliates of ours in the public sector. So in Subway and then in the public uh, pension and public uh, health care, um, in public research institutes, we had, we had um, I think it was 16 of our affiliates on strike, 60,000 workers. Uh, and had that was that strike sort of led into uh, as that strike was going on this scandal erupted around the the Pakenhe government and the president's corrupt relationship with corporations and her her private acquaintances and so our strike kind of blended into this massive candlelight uprising which then led to the uh, eventually forced uh, vote for impeachment in the National Assembly and forced the the constitutional court to uphold that impeachment and so got us to an election a fast a fast presidential election in the you know just um, just a little earlier this month and the election of a much more liberal president and mikyung Riao from the korean confederation of trade unions one of the her major policy agenda was the regressive labor reform to make it possible for the employers to fire workers easily and uh, the, uh, to uh, make the laws change uh, to proliferate the precarious forms of work and introduce new system of, of, of wage setting and uh, the performance-based uh, annual pay system for the public uh, sector workers. So all uh, these agenda is to nullify the trade union movements and uh, support the, maximi- the, the, the employers to maximize their profits. I think when we, we and other unions were also on strike earlier last year and um, until the big scandal around uh, Pakenay hit, I, we didn't know or we didn't, you know, we weren't clear 
where this was going other than we were going to keep striking to stop the policies that were anti-worker and anti-public sector policies. When this scandal hit, it was it was pretty clear because it was so big that it was a real mobilizing moment and it was going to be a moment in which it was possible to organize not just organized, not just members, union members, but also unorganized workers and or, unorganized just ordinary Koreans to come out. And so... I think one of the strengths of the Korean labor movement and other um, people's movements is in Korea is having a fairly, you know, a fairly strong tradition of, of coalition building. And um, a coalition came together really quickly to mobilize those big candlelight protests. It was actually a coalition of coalitions. So in addition to the KCTU, which really did a lot of the heavy lifting, uh, it was also that the the coalitions around other specific issues, for example, about getting justice for the farmer Pak Namgi, who was eventually, you know, had been injured and then eventually died from the, the water cannons in the, the mass mobilization in 2015. And then the coalition of groups working around, for, exist, for example, getting justice for um, the victims of the ferry that sunk in 2004. They say, well... Um, ferry sinking and other coalitions came together at this time right so that was what it made it possible to organize such massive protests but we weren't exactly sure in the beginning how big it was going to get or how long it was going to go on for and it wasn't clear you know that it wasn't clear where it was going at all in the beginning if we were our demand was for Pak and to step down and it was it, 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 that that demand and the mobilization of, behind that eventually put on pressure enough on the National Assembly and, and even the conservative, part of the conservative forces to move towards impeachment. But it wasn't clear that was going to happen at the beginning. I mean, it, it took a lot of thinking and continuous mobilization to make that, make that happen. Um, and I think that the mood was, you know, on the one hand, um, it was amazing to be for the first time kind of in the majority <laughs> because the the liberal press started to really support the demonstrations where they had often and continue to ignore workers' protests and, and really got behind the candlelight vigils. But there was also an effort, I think, by the liberal press and some more liberal forces to make this not about workers, make it about individuals who are worried about democracy and to, to make it a frame in which it wasn't about organized forces, but about individual enlightened individuals coming out in the street, which of course that was happening, but really the role of unions and other organized forces was really central. And, and so I, there's some frustration for me around that lack of acknowledgement um, and sort of, yeah, a lack of acknowledgement of, of the role and how much this was very much a workers' issue, as well as you know, dealing with questions of broader democracy. Once the uh, scandal, the the bribery scandal, was revealed in the mass media, uh, the people uh, started to uh, stage a voluntary action uh, in the uh, city center. And November twelfth of the uh, two thousand sixteen, KCTU and uh, many other social movements staged a mass mobilization once again, which was attended by one million people. And after that, every Saturday, the people gather in Gwanghwamun Square, uh, which is just in front of the uh, presidential house, and they continue the mass. Uh, movement, mass mobilization every weekend. So, uh, uh, but uh, the ruling 
forces and conservative forces uh, want to uh, uh, find a solution uh, with the smooth uh, step down of the Park Geun-hye, but Park Geun-hye uh, didn't want to do that. So uh, the situation uh, uh, was different. And uh, finally, uh, under the heavy pressure by the social movement, the parliament decided on her impeachment and the constitutional court upheld this. Well, of course, we've now seen the election of a human rights lawyer and so-called progressive, President Moon Jae-in. What are your impressions of him? Right. Moon Jae-in is, he comes from, he's a, uh, he was a close associate and in the administration of the Nomuhyun government, which was known as the participatory government. This is right before the, the, pre, the first conservative administration. Um, and... I think that the left has mixed feelings about Moon Jae-in just as as we do about the the previous uh, liberal government because on the one hand uh this is a government is somebody they were both human rights lawyers had done human rights works and 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 legal work for for workers in the past ostensibly support much better foreign policy support a much more pro or at least worker friendly uh policies but but our past experience with the previous, you know, with the Nobuhyun government was there was a lot of labor repression that happened at that time and the expansion of precarious work. And so we know that on the one hand, it's a liberal government and a more democratic government, but it's still a, a neoliberal government at heart. And so for us, uh, you know, Moon Jae-in has had some good, really good um, uh, elections. He had a, a good elections promises in his campaign, and he's now making a really big show of being very communicative with the public. Um, visited the fir- one of the first things he did was visit Incheon Airport, where our members are. They're precariously employed, and said he supports their becoming permanent workers, which is something we've been fighting for. I think we've done an interview about the strike that we had at Incheon Airport as well in 2013. So. You know, that that all looks very good, but I think we're clear that if we don't keep the pressure on, that those promises may not be enacted. And so there's there's a real effort to continue our mobilization, um, especially in the, in the next couple of months. So far, he uh, made a very good uh, step uh, for the change of everything. Uh, but uh, in response to his election, the KCTU stated uh, in the commentary that while we will support the administration if it moves in the right direction, should it tell to do so, but we will uh, fail to do so, we will hesitate, we will not hesitate to criticize it and to ma- make it uh, in the target of a struggle. So he, uh, during the election campaign, he promised that he will build a country where the dignity and the rights of the workers are respected. So, but uh, it is our analysis that his labor policy is much more focusing on the creating new jobs in public sector, but still weak in the area of promoting fundamental labor rights. So uh, we will uh, continue our struggle to change uh, all the labor relation and labor law, which uh, uh, in order to bring it in line with international standard and 
uh, guarantee the fundamental labor rights for all workers. Some of President Moon Jae-in's pre-election promises have been quite substantial. Specifically, he agreed to a policy framework with the NGO Sharps. Sharps stands for the Supporters for the Health and Rights of People in the Semiconductor Industry. For the last 10 years, Sharps has drawn media attention to the abhorrent working conditions of workers at Samsung Electronics and the cluster of brain injuries that over 200 workers there have contracted because of the chemicals used in the manufacture of Samsung products. Samsung is a massive anti-union multinational company and was one of the groups that Park Geun-hee took a bribe from. The policy framework that President Moon Jae-in agreed to prior to his election marks a most critical milestone in the 10 years of advocacy and campaigning that Sharps has done for the more than 200 former Samsung employees that have contracted these blood and brain disorders. Jung-ok Hong is a volunteer practitioner and one of the founding members of Sharps. Sharps is the supporters for the health and rights of people in semiconductor industry. So basically, we have been working with and for the victims from the high-tech electronic industry in Korea who got ill or uh, who died from um, the health problem from their factories for the last 10 years. Uh, that agreement, agreement has four points. So number one, the president agrees on uh, Sharp's view on compensation, which Samsung made unilaterally. So he will endeavor to restart the dialogue on compensation between Sharp's and Samsung Electronics. And number two, he will endeavor to strengthen the employer's responsibility on the injuries or disease in workplace, which is fatal or serious or just repeated. And also he promised to make effort to strengthen the punishments when the employers try to conceal occupational disease or injuries. And number three, uh, he promised to endeavor to prevent outsourcing of hazardous work by strengthening the punishments on the main contract employers who does not protect the safety and health of subcontractors. And the last, for the right to know of the workers, he promised to endeavor to implement a transparent system on hazardous chemicals information. Do you trust President Moon to fulfill on these promises now that he's been elected? Uh, Well, uh, first I want to emphasize that our movement is not based on a trust on the goodwill of the people with power. We have been working and fighting based on the belief that workers' health and safety should be put higher than any value, just as all the listeners uh, do. (laughs) But still, I can answer to your question. 
this agreement is a great opportunity for the President Moon to differentiate his government from the previous ones in a good way. Also, uh, as I explained uh, before, the content of this agreement is never radical nor threatening. Actually, these are just the very basic and critical requirements for the so-called civilized society so that the sound conservatives can agree on. However, it will not be easy for the new government to fulfill all of four agreements in short periods because the, the employers will resist hard not to lose what they have enjoyed for years. So that is why we need to organize more pressure so that the new president can keep his promise. Well, looking at the situation for workers under the previous president, Park Geun-hee, we know that one of the things she's accused of and consequently found guilty of was taking bribes from many companies, among them Samsung Electronics. And and in relation to Samsung, that is to keep the uh, chief executive, J.Y. Lee's, control over the company. Did these revelations, did they surprise you? And is it part of the reason why Samsung has been allowed to be such a dirty company for so long? Uh, No and yes. (laughs) So I did not uh, be surprised. Uh, I was not surprised by the fact because actually uh, a lot of people already knew there was huge corruption um, and that's quite old-fashioned and historically long <laughs> problem of Korea uh, and uh, but sorry to say uh, this this co- corruption is actually uh, how to say it's too low level I mean it's too private the president and Lee Jae-yong, I mean, they just work only for their just personal interest. And so we are very disappointed to see that. And yes, uh, Samsung is notorious for its own history of development based on the dirty corruption with all the previous governments, the di- dictators. Being open to this kind of corruption it's not a it's not a personal thing but you also said that the corruption is very common in korea so power and money itself the argument could go is what corrupts or the position of president is about the position not the person so are you confident that president moon would not come under similar pressure to be open to bribes by major companies like samsung um well i i am quite sure that there must be some similar pressure in various way but uh i hope the new president will go through um, and not to be trapped by those pressure. Actually, this is a challenge for uh, the sound conservatives of Korea. 
I mean, this main party, the new government, they, basically they are uh, the conservatives, which is a better <laughs> party than the previous government. But still they are conservatives. And I think if they really want to um, achieve a certain level of sustainability, then um, they should not be defeated by this kind of corruption pressure by the big companies. Because now all the Korean learn that we can kick the president out of its position by the protest and by the vote. So if they show the similar problem, then Korean people will not um, let them continue. I cannot say that I'm confident uh, or I have any belief about this government or the companies, but I do believe the power of people in Korea. You are listening to Walsan Liam, the International Officer for the Korean Public Service and Transport Workers Union, Mikyung Riao, the International Officer for the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions, and Jong Ok Hong, a practitioner with the NGO Sharps, working for health and safety of workers in the semiconductor industry. Next week on Accent of Women, we conclude our analysis of the Korean presidential elections. But for now, that's all that we have time for. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.